Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all of you in our digital health community, wherever you are listening in the world, and welcome to the HitLab Digital Health Podcast. My name is Jerry Antimano. I am the Community Development Manager at HitLab, and today we bring you an interview from one of our Women's Health Tech Wednesday events. Every Wednesday, we have a fireside chat where we interview different female leaders in the healthcare industry, dive into their experience and story, and hear about insights they might have with any number of current healthcare topics. In this particular episode, our host Nina Joshi from Kaiser Permanente interviewed Zina Manji, who is a Senior Director of Regulatory Affairs at GlaxoSmithKline Consumer Healthcare, now Hallian. Zina is also a global member of HitLab's Breakthrough One community. Breakthrough One is a membership program from HitLab that grants its individual members the opportunity to expand their influence and knowledge by leveraging HitLab's network and educational offerings. For more information and to join, please visit www.hitlab.org breakthrough-one. That's breakthrough, all one word, dash, the word one. In the interview that you're about to hear, Zena comments about innovation, community engagement in health technology, and of course, regulatory affairs. So without further ado, let's have a listen to when Nina met Zena. Hi Zena, thanks so much for being here today. Yes, hi Nina, I'm so excited to speak with you today. Awesome, well, let's just jump into it. Um, so to kind of kick things off, would love if you can tell us and our audience a little bit more about yourself and, and what you do in your current role. Yeah, happy to. Um, so I really am you know, focusing on regulatory and innovation and solutions that empower individuals to live well. Um, it's kind of how I would summarize it. And um, so I'm, I'm currently senior director of regulatory affairs. Um, as you mentioned, I lead innovation um, in the consumer healthcare division of GlaxoSmithKline. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've actually been at GSK through several mergers and acquisitions and <laughs> ventures. It's been this month will be 22 years. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been an amazing journey. Um, it continues to be amazing. So I, I actually came to what was then SmithKline Beecham uh, right out of uh, grad school. So my background is pharmacy mm-hmm. and I, I got a PharmD and, and master's in clinical pharmacy and uh, actually came to SmithKline Beecham during an industry rotation as part of my PharmD degree. And I discovered regulatory affairs, which was really quite interesting because it synergized my interest in law, in medicine, mm-hmm. in diplomacy. Right. Um, and I thought, okay, this is this is something interesting. I might like it. And you know, 22 years later, I'm I'm still here. Um, so really, what what I love about Reg Affairs is it's it's really about telling the story about mm-hmm. your product, right? How you frame that with regulators, how you go through the negotiation process in terms of bringing mm-hmm. product to market, but even before that, how are you how you develop the product and and mm-hmm. actually make sure you're getting the right points to bring forward to the regulatory authority. So I also have global public affairs experience. So you can imagine trying to frame the data package on a global level where you're not gonna do ideally multiple clinical studies. Mm-hmm. You know, some cases you do because it's it's a local requirement to study locally. Right. But you know, it's, it's really quite amazing. So through the years I've worked on several therapeutic 
areas like pain management, respiratory, oral health, skin health, smoking cessation. So you can see within that, there's a lot of aspects of, um, you know, behavior change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, what really is the unmet need that the consumer is trying to meet on a day-to-day basis? And now you hear so much more about, about this kind of patient engagement, consumer engagement. So it's absolutely exciting time to be in consumer healthcare because I think it's really redefining what healthcare is. It's really about the patient, about the consumer on kind of that day-to-day experiential aspect. And so um, I also completed um, a Columbia business program that's part of executive education uh, the certificate in business excellence. So I focused mm-hmm. on digital health, and we can talk talk about that more um, later on as well. But I also did before that. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a course at Harvard Business School in disruptive strategy. Interesting. Trying to kind of think about well, how do you innovate as a regulatory right. person, right? Um, how do you be a good business partner? So that's mm-hmm. kind of the background around that. And then lastly, as intro, I would say, um, you know, what's really inspired me, I think, in the last several years is understanding this value of a community, of an innovation oh, wow. community, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we all talk about, well, how do you have a startup mindset? Um, how do you have a growth mindset? Well, you got to yeah. get out of yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Right, and get out of your environment, go mm-hmm. talk to people, engage with people. So some examples of communities, and I'm happy to talk to anyone if, if they're interested in kind of other experiences and sharing, yeah. but DIME, like the Digital Medicine Society, absolutely amazing mm. that they're, they're doing and, and they have individual memberships. Um, innovators within, within eight, the letter eight. Oh, um, nice. Is, is really amazing and, and a different type of platform. There's mm-hmm. Health Excel, uh, which I just joined last year, again, as an individual. Um, and that has really gotten so much engagement in discussions on right. the different types of innovations. It's really uh, makes you think. So these communities give you an opportunity to kind of test concepts mm-hmm. to, hear what, what others are having problems with, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it could even lead to collaborations. And so that's where I think that what the innovation community enables yeah. is kind of torture testing your thoughts in a way that you would be, um, you know, confidential about, you're not gonna tell your, pro- your company projects, right? Yeah. But, you, you kind of gain that confidence on how do you talk about innovation and, and all of these. And then all the courses and stuff kind of gives you all the thought about, which we, we might talk about later. And so there are so many connection points available mm-hmm. to really help you to follow your passion. And I think it's just an amazing time to be in, in healthcare and really mm-hmm. kind of bring forward the next curve of value-based mm-hmm. care. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, already, I just want to write down all the names of the, the groups that you had mentioned. I really, you know, love this kind of idea around community and collaboration to continue to drive things forward. 
Um, and you had also mentioned something about, you know, the about regulatory affairs and storytelling, which I thought was also so powerful. I think it, you know, that's definitely a connection that I hadn't made before, but I, I think makes a lot of sense when you really put it in that context. Um, you have such an illustrious career, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Um, and so kind of with this, you know, diverse career experience, what kind of drew you to the health tech, health tech space specifically? Um, I know you mentioned some of the certification programs that you went to. Um, were there any other things that kind of drew you to this, um, to this space? Yeah, I, you know, I gave the, um, this something that that's, was a pivotal moment, actually, and somewhat serendipitous and somewhat planned, right? So mm -hmm. sometimes this is one of those stories where you know, the universe speaks to you and, and things line up. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as part of my roles at GSK and regulatory affairs, of course, we're always innovating. But as I understood from the disruptive strategy course that I took with Clayton Christensen, um, which was, okay, that's core innovation. Most of it was core innovation, right? Mm -hmm. uh, which is absolutely important. You don't want to go away from that. But in 2017, I had a much different role, and that was all innovation. So I no longer mm. at that time looked at existing products, but it was all new things. So wow. emerging science innovation, uh, differentiated or disruptive innovation. So I, I started to think to myself, well, how am I going to understand this? And, and how am I going to frame strategies when maybe it's not written in a regulatory guidance, right? There's mm -hmm. no other precedent. So how do you kind of figure out that strategy? Right. So that's why I started taking these courses, but that's why we started looking at, okay, you know what? Uh, digital health, medical technology, convergence of technologies, these with, with drug therapies, for example, right. or standalone, these mm -hmm. are also important, valuable, innovations because if you look at well where is healthcare trending yeah it's trending towards value-based care we hope we get there right mm -hmm. what's going to inform value-based care it's going to be those everyday healthcare aspects right. so absolutely you know i i attended uh, what really inspired me was i attended a, a med tech um, conference in 2018 mm -hmm. and where i met leaders and and you know they were talking about well what's the future the future was making the patient a better patient was was yeah. talked about i thought right. wow okay my mind was just blown um with all of these new concepts and so i thought mm -hmm. okay well that's self-care right yeah so yeah well we can redefine healthcare, right. and healthcare is a big business and healthcare actually is self-care um mm -hmm. So I these are that. kind of how I started to, for myself, kind yeah. of the dots and really think, okay, technology is, is important, but it's mm -hmm. not the tech itself. It's not the gimmick, you know, right. it's fad. It's what, what is the outcome that you get from these digital or med tech tools, right? What is it driving? And, and I think that's what really kind of got me into, um, into this space. That's incredible. And I think even what you said too about not just the tech, but the, you know, what is the purpose behind the tech, I think is such a great guidepost um, for, for innovators everywhere um, to really, you know, ask themselves those questions as they continue to move forward. So I think that is incredible. Um, you know, you are really 
at this amazing kind of crux between the innovation and the regulatory affairs and have been able to really, you know, lend your expertise to both sides. How has being in regulatory affairs impacted your perspective of health innovation? What does that look like? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think, you know, from my from my perspective, I think, um, you know, regulatory affairs, they're, they're, they're your business partners, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a service function. Right. It's not on a need to know basis that mm -hmm. you go, oh, regulatory, is this in the rule book? Or, or can I yeah. do it? Can I not do it? It's really part of development, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how I think about it. So I, I love to engage early and, and starting with that innovation role I got into, that exclusive innovation role. That mm -hmm. was what I was doing. So so then it became, okay, this is what you've got to do. You've got to engage really early and be part of that development, that discussion. And then the courses I took, including the Columbia Business courses, you know, I mentioned and, and um, disruptive strategy course I took, I also took, um, you know, a course with, with Professor Rita McGrath on leading uh, strategic growth and change, which was just amazing. Mm. So as a, as a regulatory person, I need to understand what is the business landscape? What is the healthcare landscape? So I can help to kind of tell that story. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes I think, you know, people will come and say, oh, well, does this require submission or is this a medical device? Is it a drug? Is it a, a wellness app? Do I have to submit, right. you know, all these sort of things. And I kind of think, well, in, instead of asking those questions being first, we're going to focus on what is the outcome you're actually trying to look for? What are you driving? Yeah. What problem are you trying to solve? And I think from a regulatory perspective, to go back to your question, mm -hmm. that is, I think, what's fundamental is Absolutely. you want to frame that to the regulators so that it, if it requires submission and, and, and oftentimes, you know, meaningful and, and important innovations will require, you know, a regular, some level of regulatory approval yeah. um, in the U.S. or other markets. And so understanding how to frame that is absolutely critical. So you can tell clearly now, mm -hmm. often you put yourself in the regulator role and you're, you're receiving a dossier, mm -hmm. you know, I, I hear some reviewers will, you know, have stated um, in other forums that, well, it's not clear. I, I don't understand what, what this is uh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in kind of general forums. And so mm -hmm. it's absolutely critical to tell that story clearly as simply as possible, but in, in with focusing on the important points yep. that you're, so that the value is not lost and also right. you're addressing all of the critical points that a regulator is, is, is looking for. Absolutely. And I, once again, I mean, I, I really love how you're making those connection points to storytelling, to making, you know, really highlighting the impact and, and the outcome behind these types of tools. Um, and really, you had mentioned something about you know, the idea of bringing in regular regulators or um, advisors within the regulatory space kind of early on, maybe even in the ideation part yeah. of the business. Um, do you have any other um, like advice or um, things that founders of startups should be aware kind of from a regular from a regulatory standpoint? Well, I think it goes back to um, what 
what we're what we you know what we were discussing just a minute ago is uh, focus on the problem you're trying to solve mm -hmm. and is do you have a solution to that problem do people care if that problem is solved right i mean yeah. it might be great but does anyone care right um, absolutely you know, will will users engage with it is it simple mm -hmm. to use is it easy to use and then i think the other thing to really think about is how how is that going to inter interact with the healthcare journey um, mm -hmm. in terms of um you know how a user meaning consumer or patient is going right. to interact with it at what point do they use it what action is the user being patient or consumer having yeah. to take right right mm -hmm. uh, and how important all those actions to lead to the health outcome that you're actually looking for this all helps you kind of to figure out well what's the evidence that you need to build right um, and that will help you go back to to tell the story so i think the uh, important aspect is what problem are you trying to solve and will this solve mm -hmm. it and how, what health outcome is this leading to that will help right. find, you know, I, I think the evidence. Um, but I think also when I, when you think about, you know, the, um, the aspect of, um, you know, human health, right? And mm -hmm. kind yeah. of longevity of, of a uh, of an innovation, mm -hmm. so I kind of think about you know in the book Anti Fragile the the uh, concept of the Lindy effect was was made was popularized I think and mm -hmm. how I understand it is it talks about you know something that has longevity that has right. been around for a long time most likely predictively may continue to have value right. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if you're looking at an innovation and well, what outcome are you trying to drive? What need or what human need you're kind of fulfilling? Right. Um, for example, if you help somebody with osteoarthritis and it makes them more mobile, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that to me is a human need, right? Mm -hmm. it, it helps someone's quality of life and help them kind of live to live well and live to the, the, their fullest potential. Absolutely. Um, and, and how that delivers is is really important. So I think, um, you know, looking at the jobs to be done uh, in connection with what problem are you trying to solve? And then predicting if it's possible is kind of concept I'm thinking of is that Lindy effect. Right. Can, can you predict the longevity of this innovation? Um, but oftentimes you're gonna have to understand that innovation is iterative. Mm -hmm. uh, it might not be best first time, right? Uh, but if you're trying to deliver an important need, maybe best isn't the most important thing in that in that moment in time. Actually, yeah. deliver, delivering is what's important, right? Uh, but then you always have to make it better and be ahead of uh, the the uh, the innovation curve to keep making it valuable, right? right. Not, not just from a business aspect, but also from a, what what you know patients and consumers are are needing absolutely i think you know the way you just described this roadmap um i think you know i was going to ask you to put on your innovator hat but you already did that so <laughs> i think that's incredible um really being able to play that lens as well and i wanted to ask you you know how you frame your next opportunity as an innovator 
Um, and I think you already gave such a great roadmap, really thinking about things like sustainability, quality of life, the, the value. Um, is there anything else that you would wanna add in terms of how do you frame opportunities, um, kind of putting on your innovator hat? Yeah, I think it's kind of looking at, well, what what's the ultimate outcome we're looking for is value-based care, right? right. I, I think that's where most innovators are, 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 are trying to bring forward. And that, that will, that's going to come forward with information, with uh, tools. So I'll also say from a regulatory standpoint, innovation shapes regulations. So don't be afraid mm -hmm. if regulations don't currently exist, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Get in there and have conversations, but understand what problem you're trying to solve, what you're trying to have right. a proposal. And I think, you know, the, these are, are things that I would keep in mind having yeah. that innovators hat on um, and I'm also really excited next next week actually I'm I'll be part of the hit lab cohort for breakthrough one and and part of this is really to help me at least my personal goal is yeah. to help to understand how to pitch ideas better um, mm. and so again I think synergizing that regulatory affairs with innovation and being part of being a good business partner i am i'm right. so excited about uh these programs and if anyone is interested to hear further about any of the programs i mentioned i'm i'm i'm, I'm happy to uh share awesome yeah that i think would be really great um for anyone that is interested in um any of the hit lab programs or some of the other programs that Dina mentioned um i think it's absolutely amazing that you have a like this mindset of always learning, always being curious. I think that's such an important, um, you know, skill set, character trait to have. And I am just inspired by it. So, um, and I'm sure so many other folks in the audience um, will be asking for those book recommendations. I got some community recommendations out of it, um, which is incredible. Yeah, I also I wanted. I think it's such it. an exciting time to be in healthcare, right? And, yeah. and innovating and so many opportunities to try things, so many opportunities for collaboration. And I think that's the other thing, when you're collaborating, kind of really think about, well, what are you trying to get out of the collaboration? What are you good at? What, right. what is your potential partner gonna be good at? Kind of looking at that kind of holistically. Uh, yeah, that's incredible. And kind of, you know, lending to all of your, um, the, the amazing visibility that you've probably been able to have with all of these, community, you know, forums that you've been a part of, but also just your own experience. Um, what, in your opinion, um, what direction do you see health tech space going? Are there any trends that have kind of caught your eye? Yeah, I think it goes back to um, kind of what I was saying before about that, that human experience, right? And, and I right. think how, looking at how patients are not just treating disease, right? You get a pill and are you doing, how, how are patients and consumers, you know, how are they experiencing the disease on a daily basis? How are they experiencing yeah. treatment on a daily basis? How are they experiencing healthcare on a daily basis? For example, a diabetic, right? right. Um, experience with testing the sugar, taking the insulin, um, having checkups, how that whole experience, right? I think is 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 an example, and I think yeah. 
more and more there's going to be focus on that kind of real self-care experiential aspect i think it's going to be so important and i do believe those will help to inform leading towards a value-based healthcare. yeah absolutely i 100 agree um and then final question before we get final question for me before we get into some questions from the audience um, what general advice do you have for maybe the folks on this call that are entrepreneurs or kind of within the health tech space? Um, do you have any general advice or maybe advice that you got that has been really helpful for you kind of on your career journey? I think something that I really learned from this innovation community, you know, experience was sometimes I used to get frustrated, you know, and mm-hmm. think, well, is it me or what, what's, what's happening here? But what what the healthcare, what the innovation community helped me understand is no others are actually experiencing the same thing, right? Mm, Uh, And so, okay, don't take it personally, kind of look at, okay, what are you trying to drive? Again, going back to that innovation story and what outcome are you trying to drive? Focusing on that. I think the advice is that stay resilient. If you're, if you really believe in the problem you're trying to solve and having, you know, keeping fidelity to that. Uh, I think is then understanding that that's important, but being able to roll with the punches and understanding it's going to be iterative, having that resilience to to do that, um, I think is don't be discouraged is kind of what I'm what I'm trying to say, you know, uh, keep trying. So I, I think that's incredible. Um, very, very good advice. I think what you had mentioned about just, you know, just knowing that there's other people that are kind of going through this with you that you're not alone I think already you know can be so um you know very inspiring and sometimes very supporting too to kind of know that yeah awesome. and I, think, I think what that helps is you know bring bringing the outside in the inside out you know it, yeah it, I think it really helps to uh to make it better right right ultimately I think again if you're focusing on the outcome and the patient user experience um you know, where, where can you go wrong? Because I remember someone also said in the innovation community, um, you know, I don't always win, but I never fail. And, and then I found that so, Love that. right. Yeah. And then, and then Yoda says, right. Uh, <laughs> says, uh, do or do not, there is no try. Yeah. So if you're keep pontificating and you're not actually doing something, you're not learning anything. So you miss 100% of the, of, of the swings you don't take, right? Right, absolutely. That's so, I love that, um, that quote that you heard from that form. I think that is incredible. All right, awesome. Um, let's see, so we got some great questions. Um, I'll just kind of start from the top. So we had a question around, um, you know, within kind of the women's health space there, there can be a little bit of an education gap or just a lack of information from those that are, you know, the experts that have been doing this work to maybe others that they're trying to communicate to that just aren't as knowledgeable. So the question is, how would you go about approaching and educating stakeholders such as investors kind of on the why maybe if, you know, they are not personally experiencing it as an example? You know, that's a great question. Um, and I think, you know, one of the courses that at Columbia, what I what I learned about was, you know, the Lavango story. Um, mm. And what was part of that story was, yeah, talking to investors, talking to analysts, 
having an uh, other startups have talked about you know um, virtual reality and surgery well how do you right. get adoption well you actually get the surgeons to come and experience that um that that technology and then think okay. oh wow this is great now can you improve it this way can you do it that way so mm -hmm. i think part of this education is not just slide decks it's right. actually experiencing and mm. I, I think i think the lavango story talks about you know how do you frame how to frame the innovation in a way of well it's going to save this much time in the healthcare right. Is going to optimize healthcare in these ways. So employers should adopt these tools because it's only going to lead to a benefit in so many ways. But ultimately, it's also going to help what was defined as the health consumer. Right. Absolutely. I loved how you mentioned two things that I think is awesome. Just this idea of like, you know, just tactile use as well. Like get your hands on it, um, kind of take it outside of a slide deck. And then also really just tying it back to the relevance of this particular person or, or group and how it directly relates to them. I think that's incredible. Um, I know that we are at time, but what I'm gonna do is there's a bunch of amazing questions for Zena. So we're just gonna send those to her directly so that she can then reach out to you um, via right. LinkedIn or email, et cetera. And then so that you can get those answered. Um, and with that, I would like to say one huge shout out to an amazing uh, guest today, Zena. I thought, you know, it was such an enlightening conversation and I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. Thank you so much, Nina. It was uh, a lot of fun and really appreciate the, the opportunity and happy to chat with anyone. A really wonderful interview from Zena and Nina there. If you wish to connect with either Zena or Nina, you can do so via LinkedIn. That information is in this episode's description. For more information about HitLab and our programs like Breakthrough One and the Women's Health Tech Initiative, please visit www.hitlab.org and do engage with us on all the socials, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching for our handle at HitLabNYC. This podcast is available on Anchor.fm, Spotify, and all the good places you get your podcasts. Our next Women's Health Tech Wednesday episode will see Nina speaking with Monica Maloney, Vice President of Life Sciences and Healthcare at New York City Economic Development Corporation, or NYCEDC for short. So subscribe and hit that notification bell if you want to be alerted when that episode drops next week. On behalf of the entire team at HitLab, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, we wish you a digitally healthy day. Bye.